Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again at the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we had a bit of a chat about various things after all the drama of the weekend. Yes, we uh, also, uh, we talked about um, sports stars' teeth and why they're not quite as good as everybody else's. That's true. You'd never believe that looking yeah. at Brendan Rogers, would you? And you came up with an idea for a very interesting museum. So yeah, got a new museum good. we're kicking off that uh, the listeners got involved with. And it was the World Gravy Wrestling Championships and we spoke to, I don't want to, spoiler alert, the six-time world champion we, today. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Plus, don't ask me. Yeah, Rerun from yesterday, a different sort of version, don't ask yeah. me. Yeah. Here it all is. <laughs> This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on TalkSport Weather this afternoon. What a crazy weekend of sport this has been. Lawrence Bassini is now in the role of saviour at Bond. <laughs> oh, <Wonders>. no. <laughs> yeah, great, isn't it? He's the go-to guy. And and, uh, and talking of that, Charlton are top of the league. Can you imagine if they get in the Premier League? Roland de Chatelet. Yeah. Having wanted to get rid of the club for so long, suddenly think, oh, no, I might keep it Yeah, now. I might keep it a bit longer, <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah, Long way to go. Crazy there, weekend. Then, we'll reflect that a little bit later Coming on. Coming up between now and four, Tony Cascarino's remedy for risk. Storing harmony at Spurs. A boffin tells us why sports stars have rotten teeth. Stuart Pearce talks both football and rugby league. Mm. And why can some footballers only ever do it off the bench? We'll take your calls, emails, texts, and tweets. We're going to set you to work this afternoon. So hope you're in the mood. Uh, including, I gave it a miss, your quirky auction item in line with our old mate Rod Stewart's. And Jack Leach is our guest of honour. Uh, he hasn't said yes yet. We'll put a light pencil through his name <laughs> at the opening of our Specs Museum. He'll be there. There's all this plus Spain's running of the balls. That's B-A-L-L-S, balls. Uh, we'll chat to the six-time world gravy wrestling champion. And a day later than advertised, it's Don't Ask Me. Yeah, Don't Ask Me Part was the difference. Yeah. It's Andy Jacobs versus Charlie Baker. But the difference is Andy was here and Charlie wasn't. But he still got one out of five, which <laughs> yeah, is quite, get none quite impressive. So you listen to Charlie and <laughs> Max, you'll know what we're talking about. We'll explain all just before four o'clock, but it is. Oh, seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. When we left here Friday, I had absolutely no thought that this could possibly It was happen. gone, wasn't it? It was gone. Well, it was to be honest, gone. Sunday afternoon when uh, they were nine down with uh, needing 73, it was, it was completely and utterly gone. It was. Where did you watch it unfold? Well, I, uh, I basically was out for lunch and then I got back and I watched it live. And not only have I watched it live, but I watched the Channel 5 highlights, the Sky highlights, yeah. and each time Brawl gets out, you still think, oh, no, they're not going to do this. It's yeah, it's, it does feel like that. It's just definitely <laughs> going to be out in a minute, Leach. It was just, the, we'll talk a bit about I the was, I was in the stadium, I went to Spurs mm. Newcastle, and, and it clearly was the highlight of the afternoon. But we were in the, 
there was an odd bunch of coincidences. It was, we're in the bowels of the uh, stadium up on the fifth floor near our seats, and my son had got there first, my youngest lad. So I said, where are you? He said, it's a fella watching the cricket on his phone. I've asked mm. them to put it on the screens on the concourse, and they said they can't. They have to leave it on Premier League football. So we've given it a try. He said, I wasn't the only one. A few people were trying to get him to put the cricket on. So he says, a fella watching it on his phone. So he told me where he was standing. I went over there. Somebody I knew. My son had never met him, a lad called Steve Elson, who I hadn't seen for a oh, long time. So we all stood there watching watching the cricket on his phone. <laughs> on his phone. That's not a great way of watching Until Spurs, it. <laughs> I think, realised it. Well, fair play to them. They could have just stuck to their guns, but I'm sure a lot more people mm. asked, stick the cricket on! Put the cricket on! Yeah. And in the end, they did. So we got the last... <laughs> in those voices. We got the last sort of uh, four or five overs um, watching the cricket. And uh, in the end, our old, uh, you know, Pete um, mm. was saying, well, please everybody take their seats for the game. You've got no chance, <laughs> no mate. Chance. About 20... It ended at about 20 past uh, four, so it wasn't too bad but it was great it was a great communal way to watch it it was really really exciting it was a great it? And, yeah, it, yeah. and the atmosphere at Headingley was brilliant but the, one of the things I was so upset about on Friday was this lack of playing prop, both teams playing proper test cricket yeah. and what we saw about that innings from Stokes I mean after 66 balls he only had two but that's proper test match batting. And he basically started like Tavare and ended up like A.B. de Villiers in the yeah. IPL. That's exactly how you should pace an innings. It was a... I, I can't think of a better innings I've ever seen in my no, life. No, I can't. I mean, just, you know... It, it, it was unbelievable. Within Brilliant. the context, within what he had to do, within the thought processes from blocking, taking his time. I think, didn't he score? Hmm. He scored about five runs in about two hours. You know, he just stood there and he blocked and he blocked and he played it like a proper test innings. And then when he had to pick up the pace and when it really mattered, when he knew there was no one to bat around him and he was going to have to do it on his own, it was it was one of those school captain. It was like Beckham against Greece. It was just sheer force of will mm. and brilliance and personality and, gets and a they, team over the they line. they panicked. But team, they the pressure will do that to you. But it, I noticed something with Lyon that, that he... Fumbled when the run out of Butler. He fumbled. If that hadn't hit the stumps, he would have missed that. There was another one that came in from the boundary, a close one. He dropped that too. So he's obviously got a problem about fielding above the stumps, taking through yeah. hard throws because yeah. that was unbelievable. At first, I felt really sorry for him. I thought, you know what, this is going to ruin. You know, if we if you don't win the Ashes, this is going to ruin your career. It's going to be a stain on your career. And then I thought. You know what, and you read about what he said about ruining other people's, ending other people's careers, and you think, well, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? And that's it. So you can't really be too sympathetic. Normally I would be, but I, I just think, well, you you know, you asked for it, really. So, uh, But, of course, England have now got to go on and win the series, and it, it won't be easy, you know, because they need to win both games, really, because they otherwise, do, but- yeah. You know, Anderson could well be back by the sound oh, of it, yeah. from what Ashley Giles said, at Old Trafford. Um, no, I mean, Smith will be back for them, but at least it's game on, isn't it? Now, at least yeah, we've, got, we've they've got discovered two great The Smith things allowed them to discover Labouchain, who yeah. is basically a modern-day Brian Close. I've never seen a bloke hit more often than just get up. <laughs> it's like, you're, he, like he likes it. it yeah. is. But I've, I read this morning in the paper that optimists live longer, apparently, than pessimists. So Blimey, basically, you should, you should have died about 20 well, years exactly. ago so when it I, comes to England cricket. Can I just say, we're going to win the... Ashes and Chelsea will definitely finish in the top four. Thank Carl, you. This is already, Andy. You look, I can tell you're walking lighter. You look like a different man. A young man. Andy and I were opening in uh, Glasses Museum. It's the Specs Museum, and um, we'll get it sponsored. Uh, no doubt. Who buy? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they put their money into English cricket, so let them have their moment in the sun. If they want, if Sir Chris Specsavers, I think he's the bloke who owns it, isn't he? I think he's Sir Chris Specsaver. 
Yeah, and that's why he called the business. So if Sir Chris wants to get involved and put some money... The reason I say this is there is a precedent for this. I went to mm. Toronto uh, a little while ago, and uh, on the final day, it poured with rain. It, I mean, absolutely biblical rain. You couldn't really walk around in it. So we'd seen a lot of the city. wasn't the end of the world. Mm. So uh, we went off and we, we, we did some indoor stuff, and we kind of exhausted that by the end of the day. And we were alerted to the Bata Shoe Museum, B-A-T-A. You know the people who make the sports oh, shoes? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And basically the wife of the bloke who started the business. Um, I can't I don't know what her name was. And don't you dare make it up, talk sport <laughs> listeners. Because <laughs> it I, isn't that. I know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but it isn't that either. Oh, good. So, um, yeah, so Mrs. Batter, she went round the... She went round... Stop it! Don't. She went round the world, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, she collected... Shoes, famous shoes, <laughs> like the first pair of shoes that yeah. that, that were ever mm. apparently made, or very early shoes, Elizabethan shoes, Egyptian so shoes. No, not shoes from the company, but shoes, just shoes. Oh, no, just shoes, just examples of footwear through the ages. And then when she realised, because she got into the... I mean, you know, yeah. she'd done very well out of footwear, as of the old man, mm. and then they, 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 it was an interest of hers. Yeah. So she opened a museum. She opened the Batter Shoe Museum, yeah. which is a... I mean, look, the thing was, we once you've seen the, the one pair of very early shoes, you've kind of seen them all. But there was a top floor that had a pair of mm. Jordan's original shoes, not the not Katie Price, of course, <coughs> and uh, so, um, a pair of Elton's boots that he wore on stage and stuff. So, of oh, the yeah. showbiz stuff. Historic shoes. That but they closed that floor when we got there. Oh, that's a bit annoying. <laughs> that floor it? wasn't open. So, anyway, we had a little I one. I once saw Shaq's shoes in a museum. Yeah. Size 23. Massive. This is what incredible. I was looking forward to. So, there is a press precedent for this for the uh, we had the shoe museum so why can't we have the specs museum in some mm. ways the, the, one of the stands at um, uh, at uh, Vicarage Road is kind of a mini version of that because Elton I don't know if they've st they're still there I've not been in the old lounge for a long time but in one of the lounges up there in one of the stands they've got all Elton's stage gear which includes a lot of his glasses oh okay so we'd definitely have Elton mm. we'd asked if we could borrow those for an exhibition so we're looking for famous specs, aren't we? From the world mm. of sport, we'd have our old mate David Steele. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later on with uh, Jim White. He has put together a roll call of uh, sports uh, great specs wearers. Billie Jean King, oh, uh, yeah. Eddie the Eagle, Dennis Taylor. We'd need, we'd need the Dennis Taylor. Absolutely, Dennis Taylor. Yeah, um, good, good ones. Edgar Davids. So it, doesn't, it needn't be sport, but we are looking for some examples of eyewear for our new... Specs Museum, Jack Leach. Uh, Eric Morecambe, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. I uh, hope he'll be coming along uh, to that. Two Ronnies. There'll be Two a comedy Ronnie. section. Yeah, be, I think it's a winner, yeah, don't yeah, you? It's, good. it's a winner. It's work. Yeah. So, um, Gab Cancello, straight in. The late, great Laurent Fignon, double Tour de France yes. winner, but remembered for losing the tour on the final <clears throat> uh, stage time trial by eight seconds. That's yeah, what, a touch Ed, of MJK Smith's about him, actually. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ed Moses, of course. Yeah. Another good one, uh, Gab Cancello. But they needn't be sport. We can open it up. Going to speak to the world uh, gravy wrestling uh, champion, but uh, do you know sometimes you just get bored with people just beating the same old record? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry, Georgian strongman uh, Georgi Rostamashvili, but um, <laughs> he has set that old carrot, as Billy Bonds would call it, that old chestnut to you and me. Yeah. Um, he's done that old pulling a 200-ton sea boat using just his middle finger. What's the point? Uh, what's that? I mean, so many people have done that over the years. I mean, George, you know, find something original to do, mate. Do really. it on dry land, mate. Yeah, that's it. That'd sort out the men. But no, seriously, George, well done. 
Anyway, mm. um, why do sports stars have bad teeth? I've not particularly noticed that they do, but uh, it's been looked into, mm. literally. Yeah. Uh, and th that seems to be the case. And there are reasons uh, for it, apparently. Uh, a professor of uh, periodontology at UCL, um, Ian Needleman, joins us. Ian, good afternoon. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Now, of course, we see mm. many people in the world of football, maybe because they've had them all capped, looking a bit like Dick Emery's vicar from back in the day. They have these kind of they have perfect teeth, but maybe that's not the teeth they were born with because you often find for different reasons, sports stars, the, the kind of the, the quality of the sports star means often their teeth are worse. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, we've uh, carried out three big studies on over 800 elite professional uh, uh, sportsmen, uh, Olympic, uh, professional football, cycling, rugby, and uh, we fi keep finding the same thing, high levels of, uh, of dental problems, tooth decay, gum disease, um, erosion of their teeth. So is it, is it partly down to the kind of the, the very sugary um, sort of drinks they have uh, during games? Does that have a bearing on it? I think that, that's certainly a part of it because a lot of them need um, sugars to uh, power their, um, their training and their competition and uh, fuel recovery. But I think a lot of athletes and, uh, are not aware that their poor oral health can affect their performance. Mm. So it doesn't, um, it doesn't have the same level of priority as other aspects of athlete health. It's interesting though, isn't it? They do more brushing and flossing, according to your report, than yeah. the general population, and yet their teeth are still bad. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is really interesting that they have more awareness. We don't really know, of course, whether they do do these things, but they're certainly aware of what they need to do, um, and yet they still have... The, um, the problems which you, you might actually call it those of us of a disadvantaged group of people. So um, I mean, participating in sport, getting involved in sport at that level of elite sport actually carries this level of disadvantage, which is really quite striking. Mm. You say also saliva plays a part. Tell us how. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so saliva um, is really important. It protects us from all sorts of, um, of uh, dental conditions. And in, in certain sports, particularly if there's high-intensity training, the protective agents within the saliva will be reduced. So for short periods of time, it will mean that um, the sportsmen and, and women will be more at risk of developing problems. Plus, of course, the effect that all of us have had, um, you know, if you're a, um, a weekend warrior, you get a, a dry mouth either through the stress and anxiety of, of competition or, or just you know, dry mouth from... Um, from uh, breathing as you, as you uh, carry out a lot of exercise. Does this apply to, say, very fit sort of non-elite athletes, people who just do things like uh, triathlons yeah. and yeah. marathons and things mm. like that? Yeah. And as I say, I think one of the important things is that there, until recently, until some of the work that we've published, there hasn't been an awareness that, there, that oral health uh, can affect performance. And, of course, so, you know, for most elite uh, athletes, it's that element that's the, the crucial currency as opposed to health, which um, may not be the, the most important issue. I mean, I'm sure people are shouting at their radio, well, then why does Lionel Messi not look like, not look like Shane McGowan? But I suppose partly if there are things that need correcting, they have funds uh, to do that, to put it right. Uh, you, I think you're right in professional sport. In elite sport, uh, Olympic sport, 
there are very few athletes who have those funds. Mm. Uh, so most have to pay for their own um, uh, dental care. And that, that's another issue, of course. I remember when Jean Tigana became the manager yeah, remember, of Fulham. Yeah. One of the first things he did was send all the players yep. to the dentist. Because when yep. he played in France, so this was taken very seriously. The kind of oral hygiene was a key. And the links between issues with teeth... I mean, I think one of the players had a back injury, and he was fairly certain it was it was kind of dental related. Yep. So, um, you know, w what we find in these studies, I've, I've already said, you know, more than 800 athletes have uh, participated in these studies, is that somewhere between uh, one in five um, to uh, even you know, as high as 30 percent uh, report an effect on a negative effect on their training or their um, their performance at that elite level. And, of course, we're talking about individuals who are performing at such a high level. These small differences can be really important to them. Are you, are you working with clubs and athletes now? I mean, are there things that, that can be done? Are yeah. you and people in the, in the same business as you? Yeah, great question. So we, we, um, we've just completed a, another study with two Olympic teams and a professional rugby team uh, to try and do something about it. And uh, we'll be presenting the, publishing the results uh, quite soon. Um, so using behaviour change psychology and um, sort of information from the, the players and teams, we've set about doing something about it and the behaviour change has made a big difference. So it's shown that these, these negative effects on performance can be reversed. Ian, to talk to you, thank you very much. Uh, thanks very much for your interest. There Bye we are, now. Professor of Parentology at uh, UCL. That's uh, Ian Needleman. He should have become an anaesthetist with a name like that. You wouldn't <laughs> want to go and see a dentist called Needleman, would <laughs> Not you? Not really. Oh, I don't like Nick, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I there went we to are. school with a bloke called Needleman. Did you really? Mm. Did you think... Uh, <clears throat> I was going to ask You normally ask the question, are you in a relationship? Not like felt, you, Andy. I felt you, like you're normally on that. It was the wrong thing to do there. Would Wasn't taking it seriously. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
That's all right. Is that a good throat clearing? It was meant to be before the microphone. Came yeah, on. that's right. Andy, wait until the red light came on to just lean into the mic and do that. What a pro. Tremendous. So, um, uh, well, Ben Stokes heroics, of course, uh, over the weekend. We've all been talking about that. But let's not forget the World Gravy Wrestling Championships wow, also one. took place over the bank holiday in uh, Rossendale in Lancashire. Um, and once again, uh, our next guest was victorious. Six-time world champion. That's impressive, isn't it? Joel Hicks joins us. Good afternoon, Joel. Good afternoon. Oh, well, look, congratulations. I mean, that is that is uh, some achievement. What's the secret then to just keep coming back and winning? Um, I don't know if there's any secret to it. I mean, gravy wrestling is a unique sport. Mm. Um, there's a lot of um, luck <laughs> that goes into it. And basically, as long as you can stay on your feet, grab hold of your opponent and just try and do your best, you, you tend to go all right, okay. What are the what are the is it laws or rules? What are the rules of uh, let's go with rules? Gravy uh, wrestling. Um, well, there, what can you, can you do and what can't you do? Well, there are three judges that, that score each bout, and mm. there are rules or points awarded for takedowns and holds and, and those kind of things. But a lot of it is to do with crowd reaction, humour, your costume, uh, how you interact, uh, and basically, the bigger fool you make of yourself, the better you tend to do. Is right. it more like? Greco-Roman wrestling where it's actually not fixed or is it more like WWE where the outcome's known? Well, none of the guys that uh, and, and the ladies that come and, and take part in the competition have any wrestling experience. So mm. it is more of a fun-based activity. Um, with that said, um, it, it can get a, a bit handy at times. Um, there's some suplexes and splashes and, and slams that people like to, to, to get involved in. Um, and both the ladies and the gentlemen put on a real show for the, the thousand people that sort of cram into the Rosenball Pub in Saxony. What, what do you um, mm. what do you hit, wear for? Do you, are you a leotard man or just a pair of speedos? Um, well, every year I, I have a different persona. Um, this year I was the uh, the bearded lady, oh. uh, and so I had a corset on and, and not a lot else. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I was disqualified from the ladies' competition, so then I had to go into the men's, which I was lucky enough to win. Mm. In previous years, I've been Stone Cold Steve Bisto. I've been the Macho Man Randy Sausage. Uh, I've basically been a different character every time, and, and most of the entrants that come back um, tend to, to put on a costume and, and just have a bit of fun. Yeah, is the gravy hot or is it? <laughs> it's yeah. hard to keep it hot, wouldn't it? Really, <laughs> well, I don't know. unless you put yeah. it under a low light Does for the whole day. Hot? Does it? I, I mean, it got hot during the day. I would imagine. I mean, it's got a bit whiffy, didn't it, in that heat? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's hot to mix it anyway, um, mm. and we have to be careful about people sort of going into the barrels and getting burnt. But the, the, the gravy did get quite warm yesterday. It was an absolute scorcher of a day. Uh, and if the, the burning of the gravy didn't get you, then the wasps and the bees certainly did. So you had to still have your guard on even when you weren't wrestling. Yeah. I bet it... you didn't have a roast dinner when you got home. <laughs> last thing I wanted to do, to be honest. Uh, the last thing, you, know, you are literally washing gravy out of your ear and every other yeah. for the next three weeks. So it, it's, uh, it's yeah. pretty unpleasant. By association, every time somebody asks you if you want gravy, do you start to, is it, is it by association? You get slightly traumatised when anybody puts gravy on your dinner. Well, I, you know, whatever I do in life from this point onwards, I still think I'm going to be known as the guy that wins the Gravy Wrestling Championship. So, wow. uh, you know, it, it, it's just a fantastic event. We started off uh, in, a, in a supermarket car park in Wigan, just with a handful of people walking past, sort of throwing loose change at us around 12 years ago. Hmm. And now we have, as I say, about 1,000 people come and watch. We raise between four and 5,000 pounds each year for East Lancashire Hospice and many other charities as well. And it, it's just an absolutely fantastic, fun, traditional British event, real eccentric. 
Um, and we even have a, have the kids taking part at half time now. So Ooh. they come in and they wrestle me in the gravy, and they've really cooked to it. And they're, they're dressing up in their costumes as well now. So it's just great fun. And so you're one of the founding fathers, and you've been there since from the start. Since the inception, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I run a foundation called Always with a Smile, and, and we do all the crazy, outrageous things that go on in the UK and abroad. So gravy wrestling was right up our street, and, and we got in from the ground up. And I've been a part of the, the gravy wrestling fraternity ever since. And it's just, it's just a, a real return to the old style of fundraising um, that you used to think of maybe 20 years ago. It's a small committee in a small village that put this, this thing together over several months for people to come have fun and, and just entertain. And, and that's what it's all about, really. Does anyone gravy wrestling glasses? That's well, that's very much um, a yeah, talking point of the day, isn't it? Of course. Uh, not particularly. Um, I mean, they've been props. And it's difficult enough. I mean, you can't see in the gravy anyway, so glasses no. wouldn't do you any good. Oh, Jack Leach would need his, <laughs> his lens cloth. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't need a lens cloth for that. It'd be covered in gravy, exactly. wouldn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And how would you get people, often when we have these, we talk about these kind of alternative sporting events, mm. you say, oh, we had a guy from the States, two Japanese blokes. I mean, do you get, mm. do you get people travelling the world or is it locals generally? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a high proportion of locals. I mean, I'm from Leicester myself, so it's a three-hour drive for me to get there. Um, but we do get international entrants. We had one yesterday. Um, you know, we get them from all over. And the ladies' tournament as well, that's growing and growing. I mean, you go back maybe five or six years, we were looking to sort of scratch five or six ladies. I think yesterday we had close to 20. Um, and they are getting more athletic every year. And it's, it's, it's really just how much this event has come on over the years. It's just absolutely incredible. Excellent. Well, uh, mm. well done again, Joel. Six times world champion. Thank you for joining yeah. us. All the best. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Joel Hicks there, a World Gravy Wrestling Champion. Good. I look forward to speaking to you next year. I think you'd be good. You and Max, you take on Max. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll go and watch that, I think, certainly. Yeah, why not? Uh, Don't Ask Me will be doing that. It's a day later than advertised. And, in fact, if you were listening to Max and uh, to Charlie Baker yesterday afternoon, you'll know that they did it. And Charlie answered the question. They're going to put the same questions to Andy. And see if he can get more I'm, than I'm Charlie. That Charlie even got one. He must have been listening or something. Well, yeah, well, I think he does now and again. So yeah. he did manage to get one out of five, and there's been some weeks when that's been a similar score to you. That's very so, true. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what uh, the situation uh, is there. We're going to talk um, players that can only do it off the bench, those that can and those that really can't, because there are players, a bit like Jamie himself, that, that as he'll tell us, uh, never felt quite right, could never get up the pace of the game once he'd come off the bench. So uh, we asked this question because Sofian Buffal has, uh, has been in the news back at... Uh, at Southampton after a loan period away and uh, the manager's mm. expecting him to step up. He wants to see 90 minutes. It was good to see Ralph Hasenhutl's wetsuit Yeah, it's good to see Brighton. Yeah. He probably went for a swim after the match. He'd be good in the gravy wrestling, wouldn't <laughs> he? He, he does. It's, it's, it's great to see a manager wearing a wetsuit on the touchline in that sort of heat as well. Tremendous. Probably looking to lose a bit of weight. <laughs> Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. We're in the final hour of the show. Why... Some players can only do it from the bench. Not great when they actually start the game. Jamie O'Hara joins us to, to chat about that, formerly of uh, Spurs and uh, Wolves, of course. Uh, Rob uh, Albury from uh, Turnstiles joins us. They are the sports barbers we often turn to when there's a new mm. trend in uh, in hairdressing. Yes. And apparently, I, I had no idea of this, Andy. You tell me the mullet is back. Well, there are parts of South America and Eastern Europe where it's never gone away, basically. <laughs> That's probably true. But uh, if, uh, did you ever have one? 
sort of, yeah, a bit, a bit mallety in the uh, at some point. I was saying probably the eighties, yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. A very curly mullet you went with. Well, I had, a lot, I had a lot of, you know, the last time I had my hair long was about, well, it's quite a long time ago now. About it was a little period. You had a bit of a late yeah. midlife crisis went, where you know. suddenly got incredibly long. Didn't yeah, it? but it was all behind me, though. So it wasn't yeah. <laughs> a, bit, a bit like my career. <laughs> it was. Career, you say. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw Will Hughes's miss on Match of the Day on uh, yeah, for Watford. For Watford, yeah. It had an expected goal factor, an XG factor of 0.84. You think this is the daftest stat in football? How do you calculate? Surely, expected goal factor of 100%. He should have put it in. Yeah. I don't get a why they bother with that stat. I don't. It's the one stat I can't see the point. XG. Of it. XG. People go yeah. on. People love XG. You think? Do they? How will they do? Have you seen people stat- in an I love XG what T-shirt? Are the stats types, don't they? They yeah, do oh, like I love it. a bit of XG. Well, we, th- last week we spoke about uh, mm. Fulham and their highest possession stat ever since yeah. the start. At least of you record. understand what a possession stat is. But what did we see? At, what did I witness at, at, at the lane? You know, a team mm. that have the second highest amount of possession in a Premier League game and still lose. You know, so what does it actually mean? Not oh, no, great deal, nothing really, and uh, it was a very strange. All the people game. at Opta thinking, "Yeah, thanks, putting us out of a job." I don't know why but, Mike Dean didn't. You know, it's a very strange thing. The problem with giving edicts, and we've all applauded Mike Riley for wanting the VAR to be quick and everything. But the problem with it is that you do get the odd case where, if Mike Dean told Harry Kane he hadn't seen it clearly, why didn't the VAR make him look at it and say, "Look, go and look at it, Mike." Then, you know, it's all right saying, "Well, they're not allowed to go and look at it," or they're not going to go and look at it. Yeah, but he should have done because. It was. I think it was clearly a penalty, and I think if Mike Dean looked at it again, he probably would have thought so too. But at least he could have made the decision. But if you if you're actually seeing it and then saying, "Well, no, that's not a penalty," then it's fine. I can see why they didn't overrule it. But if he actually turns around to Harry Kane and says, "Oh, I didn't see it," which is what Harry Kane said happened, mm. it does seem a bit odd that he didn't. Go and look at it. And, you know, you're going to need... You're going to have to be a senior ref with a real kind of force of personality, mm. I think, to be prepared to overall... So, because, you know, Mike Riley doesn't mm. want you to look at it, ideally. So it's going to take one of the senior refs to say, no, I'm sorry, mm. I really do need to look at that again. You know, yeah, and the or, also it, the problem of overruling a ref is difficult. Yeah. You know, if you are all a member of the same fraternity, you know, this is the problem about having current refs Doing, yeah. being the VAR. But he won't, if Mike Dean, of all people, very, you know, established, yeah. won't do it, mm. what's the chance of Paul Tierney doing it? No, no chance. You know, this all. is the thing, you know, it makes it very difficult, mm. doesn't it? So it's clearly, uh, I, I, you know, um, I, I saw it in real time and I, I wasn't quite sure, I wasn't a million miles away from, from where it happened. But it's interesting, Stan Collymore mm. was saying, he, he'd written about it, isn't he? He didn't feel... Stan didn't feel it was a penny. So there was a couple over the weekend that he felt the players had made a lot of it and he, he kind of backed he it. threw himself in front of Kane and brought him down. How's that not a penalty? It was pretty I don't know. cute, wasn't it? It was a clever, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a high-risk strategy, but... Um, <laughs> I thought it was a penalty, yeah. but there well, you I go. I would have loved said, it to have uh, been so. Anyway. It's a game of opinions, Brian. It certainly but, is, John. Uh, I always enjoy the uh, ads for the horse racing and sports tipster, Alex Gorry, uh, the man in the know, you I mean, don't yeah, you know? And uh, today's ad was tremendous. It says, don't miss out at York, you think, well, it was last week. 
<laughs> Shall I not miss out for Maybe next year? Maybe he's got an early for next year. <laughs> early tips. I thought uh, Dave Kidd from The Sun made a good point today in his column. Mm. He said, Players can be retrospectively banned for deceiving a referee with a dive, but can't have a mm. yellow card for diving retrospectively rescinded uh, if it was clearly awarded wrongly. Uh, There's a good about, few anomalies. This is Dan James. Mm. Uh, cut off at the knees by Crystal Palace's James MacArthur, says Dave. Yet he must simply lump the caution for simulation incorrectly handed down to him. So he was a bit of a victim of. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he dived on Monday night. Reputation, yeah. yeah. Which, but you know, you when you saw that tackle again, Dave's got a point, doesn't he? They yeah, should, be able to, should be able to look at that because somewhere down the line, mm. uh, he's probably going to dive again or he'll put in a foul and uh, he's going to end up missing the game. And it would have cleared him. And then if, if he had been cleared of that, then referees would then not prejudge him going into the games, which is what yeah. would happen. Dave, talking of Dave Kidd, though, what a great line from him about uh, Stokes and Leach. He said, yeah, it's been, I was going to say it's been picked up a lot today, hasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, well, it was a brilliant line. Tell the it. listeners what it is. It was like seeing Superman and Clark Kent in the same place at the same time. Yeah, think that's brilliant. I wish I'd thought that. Yeah, it's very well good done, life. Dave. Good yeah. stuff. And uh, but not so good was the bloke who won the fifty-pound letter in the Sunday. Tom McCudden, who got fifty quid for this, which oh, yeah. basically had nothing to it, just a report. After that humiliating first innings, staring down the barrel of losing the Ashes, our cricketers needed a superhuman performance. Up steps Ben Stokes, who single-handedly took Australia's bowling apart. I remember Botham's Ashes in '81. I never thought I'd see the like of it again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what does that add to anything? Fifty quid for that? Yeah, it's. It's you know it's 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 difficult to come up with it. What can we, more can you say? What, nothing. What more so can you say? It was probably no. we've proven today. And Aaron Ramsey, he's going to miss the international break. Wales is uh, qualifiers. Hmm. He got that hamstring injury in April, didn't he? That's a long time. I know hamstrings can be tricky, but that yeah. is a long time to be out. And if you're Juve, you've spent quite a lot of money. You're paying him about four hundred grand a week. You think? Well, I wonder if he's actually going to be fit. Might be quite good if he is. And talking of money, oh yeah. Bloke writes to the star today, Jasper, and he says, honestly, he's been so bitter. He said, didn't take long for that Peter Crouch to get on match of the day. He's only just retired. Money to money. You think, what are you talking about? Honestly. He's very good, I thought. Imagine having going through your life being bitter like that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're not a bitter man, are you? Well, Andy? not like that. No, not to that extent. I don't extent. begrudge Peter Crouch being on match of the day. <laughs> You're not going to go to change.org and get a petition up, no? I must put in a request. I don't know who puts the listings together for us. and I'm fed up with it appearing on my own in yeah. talks. Well, no, in, you, in that's, the that's because you refused to have a picture taken with me a little while ago. <laughs> well, so that they, meant they haven't got any pictures of the two well, of us. They put, when we do the ad, there's always two pictures of us together. Well, that's, that's obviously done by a different department. You know? <laughs> so I, I knew. Well, that day you said you didn't want your picture taken with me. I knew that's what, <laughs> that was your game. So you're always the person that's picked. In I didn't the want my picture taken that day because they had exactly the same set of pictures well, about six months earlier. And I well, thought, well, what's the point? I know your game, mate. But it says here, you're an ego deba- monster. <laughs> he says, we debate the latest sporting issues, and I've never well, done We've just done a bit of that. No. We keep an eye on the afternoon's events. Well, of course. Well, I've, I suppose yeah, at the races. Like, we've got racing here Plus, from uh, We serve up the hottest sports. I've never served up the hottest sports news ever. You do it every day. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad. But well, you want them to put Hawksby and Jacobs one o'clock? Two idiots wittering on about nothing. Opening a glasses more, museum. It'd be more accurate. Can't put that in a paper. I think it'd be better myself. But there you go. All right then. Um, you got anything else? I've got a very contrived T20 birthday spread. Oh yeah, go on then. So I've got to try and guess the age of this yeah. person, have I? Okay, yeah. 
Don't uh, be critical of me when I do the, the joke. Though. Don't be critical of you when you... I wouldn't do that, would I? <laughs> he always... Last like, week, uh, not Yeah. Anyway. So this is... Uh, I've yeah. got to guess this person's age. And okay, you quite tell a me tricky how, one. how many years yes. you think I'll be out. I'd say... Well, you, I'm going to give you ten here, because it's quite tricky. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yes, all right. It's the... Uh, it's very happy birthday to the former chairman of Barclays Bank, 2018 to February 2019. Not the longest tenure. To Blimey, yeah. That's, did you get a gold watch? <laughs> Jerry Grimston. Jerry Grimstone. He started an organisation who lectures people who are unfaithful with Martin Afire. Yes, Afire and Grimstone. Afire and Grimstone, yeah, that's right. uh, Why unfaithful? I looked up the definition of fire fire and Grimstone, that's what it says. Is that what it is? Is that what it relates to? Yeah, it does, really, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I never knew that. Fire and Brimstone? Is real. I yeah. never knew that, Andy. You say yeah. Fire and Grimstone would be a good name for a company, wouldn't it? Uh, he only had one year. to get together, aren't One they? year in the job. Um, he you only is, had one year in the job. He only had one year in the job. 58. 58. Oh, no, I'll win there. He was 70, so you were 12 well, he had out. one year. Yeah, one so, year. I don't know what happened there. Between 18 and 19. Yeah, I 19, don't know. maybe just got head Not 19, 18, and 19. <laughs> no, 2018 to February. Didn't say when. What was his role to, there? He was the chairman. So they brought, okay, just brought him in, just a safe pair of hands. <laughs> I suppose so. Guide yeah. him through the big, the big 12 months. Okay. <laughs> no the idea. venerable. Okay. And uh, we all saw that Ben Stokes had, um, what was it, Big Macs and everything. Went and had uh, went to McDonald's, didn't they? Spent 55 after the game, after yeah. The game. After the game, they went down. And yeah. uh, in the Times today, they were comparing him to W.G. Grace, who, well, you know, great cricketers, Grace, Botham, Stokes, he's in that category now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, enormous appetite, not restricted to runs and wickets. Grace liked to have champagne during drinks breaks while batting. <laughs> he's like a man after Alan's heart, isn't he? Preferred a whiskey and soda to a cup of tea. Like, he must have been absolutely hammered by the end of the day's play. How can he... I tell you, cricket, the Aussie, cricket must have been rubbish can't have the Aussie quicks bowling at you when you've had a few glasses <laughs> of champagne. He um, and dined one night during the Cheltenham Cricket Festival. In he 18th. died? No, dined. Oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> that was his brother. Yeah. He dined... Well, he died, obviously, eventually. <laughs> breaking news there. <laughs> can we put in the breaking news <laughs> on Talk Sport? <laughs> Get Joe in to tell us W.G. Grace has died. <laughs> Alex Dibble's there. But anyway, we went and saw his grave, didn't we, in Kent? We did, yeah. In uh, nice. Beckenham. Yeah, Beckenham. Beckenham. Uh, really amazing the, gravestone. There's two people buried, two famous, we've mentioned it before, we'll see it again, mm. two famous people buried in uh, that um, graveyard, uh, Thomas Crapper. Thomas Crapper, yeah. And W.G. Like Grace. the rest of our batting. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, slightly different, Don't Ask Me. Yesterday, uh, Max and Charlie were here, and uh, they did a bit of Don't Ask Me, and uh, the questions Mm. were put to Charlie by Max, and he got one out of five, but he wasn't even here. All right, okay. So let's see if you can get five out of five, and you, I think as far as I know, you were here. I was here, yeah. Uh, Okay, question number one. Uh, (laughs) Thanks. uh, Who is Olaf Falafel, and why was he on? He is a, a, a Swedish, well, sort of Swedish comedian, yeah. and he, he won Best Joke. Is that right? Let's find out. I know, I know, I know who that is. He's a comedian. Yeah, and he won Dave's Joke of the Fringe. Yeah, that's right. Well done, so Andy. That, yeah. What was the joke? Um, well, I wouldn't want to say. It was actually very controversial. Wasn't it, it was. It's, yeah, ups- very, it's upset yeah. a few yeah, people. Yeah, yes. uh, we spoke to Keith Collins from the South Ham's Vintage Machinery Club. What sport have he invented? Oh, oh, come on, come on. Oh, what was that? It wasn't plough racing. It was. Oh, what was it? Oh, I have to hurry. 
Oh, I'm going to be so angry when I hear. I, I know we spoke to him. I can yeah, hear I know him. He did, yeah, he did. Yeah, I was here. You <laughs> just can't remember it. <laughs> what was it? Tractor racing. Let's find out. Southam's vintage McQueen. That's in Totnes. That's sort of Totnes area. I'm going to say like a, tra- a tractor sort of thing. Uh, it's a new sport a, involving a tractor tra- pulling. Tractor uh, racing. What do you get up to in your plowing arms? match? <laughs> it was tractor football. Oh, of course it was. Oh yeah. Should we carry on very briefly? <laughs> Neil Campbell, an architect from Essex, set a new cycling land speed record. How fast did he go? 170 miles an hour. 174, unfortunately. We won't have to worry about this. Who is Steve Chicken and what's his title? Well, he's the uh, chief football writer for the Huddersfield Examiner. Oh, well done, Andy. Top of your head. Couldn't remember tractor football. <laughs> Steve Chicken, chapter and verse. How long did we speak to uh, MotoGP legend? Steve. How long did we speak to How long did we speak to MotoGP legend Mark Marquez for? Two minutes. Two, two and a half minutes. <laughs> okay. But there we are. So you, you didn't do did two. Did he win? Did two, no, he came second. Oh, well. Yeah, OK. You don't feel too guilty now, do you? No, anyway, we'll leave it there. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Tractor football. Tractor football. It was. I could see you getting very upset. You are going to swear at one point. <laughs> getting very upset with yourself, you were. <laughs> anyway, you live to fight another day. We'll do it again next Monday. Good. Uh, we will uh, see you uh, tomorrow from one. Thanks very much for downloading us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.